Hi, everyone. It's Henry DeBreeze, the CEO of Indie Books International. Welcome to the Marketing with a Book podcast. We have some great information for you. It's a new year and it's time to revisit some things. And we're going to have you revisit your bio and make sure you don't have a boring bio, but you have a bio that works. Before we bring on our special guest, I'd like to introduce our authors on the call. They can all do a, a short introduction. Please tell us where you're from and what the title of your book is, and of course, your name. So I'd like to start with uh, Chris Hodges. And if it's an upcoming book, tell us about your upcoming book. Chris, take Hello, it everybody. My name is Chris Hodges. I'm in Denver, Colorado. I am the author of Noble Automation Now, which is available on Amazon.com and other wonderful booksellers and published by Any Books International. Thanks, Chris. Um, let's go to uh, Joe Paolo. Thanks, Henry. I'm Joe Paolo I'm in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm author of the upcoming book, How to Sell Nothing. Thanks, Joe. Joe, when we first spoke, uh, you were going ice fishing. You going ice fishing this year? <laughs> it's uh, being planned as we as, in two weeks. We're going back, back up to Canada. Okay, well, have a good ice fishing trip. Um, how about uh, Sonia and then Teresa? Hi, I'm Sonia Jante uh, in Southern California, Costa Mesa, and I. Um, Indie Books published my first book, in The Integrated Leader, in January 2021. Sonia is a very special executive coach. I uh, really encourage you, if you're in that line of work, to read her book. Uh, some great insights. She's, uh, what would we call this? Uh, not a Cinderella story, but uh, it's almost like a David versus Goliath story. You're uh, your journey in this world. So thanks for being with us today. Uh, Teresa. I'm Dr. Teresa Ashby, and I'm actually in Long Beach, California, uh, neighbors with Indie Books. And my next, my second book that's coming out is called Leveraging E-Learning Courses to Scale Your Business. Thanks, Dr. Ashby. Um, Mark LeBlanc. Thank you, Henry. My name is Mark LeBlanc, and I'm in downtown uh, Minneapolis. My next book is titled Bringing in the Business, and I'll be co-authoring that with Henry and David Goldman. Thanks, Mark. Um, how about Dave Sparkman? Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Dave Sparkman uh, in Vista, California, uh, new to the Indie Books family, working on a book that has a current title of High Performance Corporate Culture, a path that's simple, but not easy. If you've ever worked in an organization that's dysfunctional, this book will be for you. Who hasn't worked in an organization that's dysfunctional? That's, <laughs> that's my question. <laughs> it's just how dysfunctional. <laughs> oh, Dave, thanks. And hi, I'm Henry DeVries. I'm the author of Rainmaker Confidential. How top professionals make um, smart business development investments of time, treasure, and talent. So this was a book with Mark LeBlanc and Scott Love. We spent a year researching it, and we're sharing some 
insider knowledge from top rainmakers, people who make it rain for professional service firms, consulting firms, or, or their own small services firm. Thanks, everybody. Well, a special repeat guest. Uh, we're bringing back Nancy Jutton. Nancy and I have known each other for 20 years uh, when she was a grad student and a course I was teaching, and uh, we've been uh, crossing paths ever since. Very happy to have her here today. One of her special talents, her special expertise, is transforming bios. As a matter of fact, she's the author of the Amazon number one bestseller, uh, Bye Bye Boring Workbook. And she uses virtual speaking and uh, podcast guesting to speak to a hundred shows a year in 2021, a hundred shows. Wow, impressive. Something we shall emulate as authors. Um, and it's how to help people have an enjoyable, simple, profitable business. And that starts with the bio, because that's something everybody wants to know. Um, uh, I remember I did a study on websites and like the weakest page on the website was the bio page. And Nancy said, that needs to be the strongest page. And She's been on a mission to help people make that the strongest page. Uh, please welcome our speaker today, Nancy Jett. Thank you so much, Henry. And thank you for the opportunity to be a repeat guest on this show. It was on this show that I met Christopher Hodge, Christopher Hodges and Dr. Chris Teresa Ashby and Diane Ployce, who I've all had the privilege of working with. And something about Joe Paolo that I will never forget is I told a story on the show about my desire to earn more money than was required to buy better groceries. And he actually sent me two boxes of Wheat Thins branded crackers and a personal note to thank me for the inspiration. I just have never forgotten that. It was just the most wonderful thing. So Joe, it's really nice to see you and Chris and everyone who's here. It's a brand new year. Chances are you've, you've all got a book in your hand or you've got a book on the horizon. And chances are you wanna sell a whole lot more of those books. Did I get that right? Yeah, wanna sell more books. Chances are you may also have consulting services and speaking services and other things that you would like people to engage in so that you can profit mightily in this shiny new year. Did I get that right? Yep, lots of smiling faces. So if you want to accomplish those kinds of objectives, the top of a new year is a perfect time to revisit what you've been saying about yourself up until this point to make sure that the story you're telling is true, that it's reflective of the accomplishments that you have achieved, the credibility that you've earned, and that there's something memorable and remarkable about what you say in your message that people actually have a chance of recalling so that they can refer you business or become a client yourself themselves. So I want to sort of ask the question, how long has it been since you looked at your bio? Has it been, I got my website at 20 years ago to check that box and I haven't looked back? Or is it I look at it every six months, like I check the spoke detector in my home battery to make sure the house doesn't burn down. <laughs> or is it something in between? Go ahead and tell me in the chat. 
Because what I've noticed with authors and experts and consultants is sometimes they do just check the box and get on with it and say, I've got my bio done, I'm off to the races. But my question to you is, what do you want your bio to do for you? What objective do you have for your bio? Because not all bios are suitable for all situations. I often like to tell the story about the, the middle-aged lady that goes into the one-size-fits-all rack at the local discount mall. She's looking for clothes on her back and she picks up something that will fit. But just because she got something that will fit does not mean she looks sexy, spelt, and spectacular and is ready to rock her world, rock her life, or whatever. We have to have the right bio for the right situation. So is anyone here interested in speaking up on podcasts so that they can have conversations about what they want to talk about and why it's worth talking about now? I saw Chris and Teresa's hands go up. If you want to be booked on a podcast, for example, you need a host-friendly bio that's written in the third person that introduces you in such a way that the host is intoxicated to hear what next you have to say and why their audience will benefit. That is a much different kind of bio than what you probably have on your website, which is all about attracting clients. Because for a podcast, you want to start a conversation where there will be lots of people listening that can't wait to hear what next you have to say. A big mistake people make with their bio is they think it's all about selling more stuff. It isn't about selling more stuff. It's positioning you as someone who solves big problems for a specific audience of people who's been doing it in the trenches such that you can build that bridge of trust so that people would want to do business with you. So if you are curious about how to approach writing your bio, I actually have a five-step system that you can follow to do that. And the first is to decide what kind of a bio you need right now. Is it a bio to attract clients? Is it a bio to invite speaking engagements? Or is it a bio to attract uh, podcast interviews? Not all bios are the same. So start with the end in mind. And then once you've made that decision, you can reflect on who your ideal client is, the, the wow that you bring to those clients, and what, why that wow is meaningful. And here you can share your stunning results and what sets you apart from other people who do what you do. Then you want to prove that you've got the chops. And so here you can share your credentials, your experience, your awards, your recognition. You might even pull a sassy soundbite from a testimonial that someone wrote about you that makes people have a head whip reaction that you are someone that they can't wait to meet. My husband is a financial advisor. He's a certified financial planner professional and he sells no products and takes no commissions. The only people who pay him are his clients. So he always makes clear in his bio that that's the way he does business. But I think what sets his bio apart is that the sassy soundbite that he has at the top, which is people hire me for my head, trust me for my heart and value me most when I use both. 
If you have a sassy soundbite that is your statement of philosophy, something you believe to be true, the mission that you're fighting for, and you lead with that first, sometimes it's like an arrow straight to the heart and people instantly connect with you and want to know more about what else you have to bring to the party. It's always a good idea to add your personality to your bio. Um, my bio says, um, it says here that as an Amazon best-selling author of the work, the Bye Bye Boring Bio workbook, I've used virtual speaking and podcast guesting to speak up on 100 shows in 2021 to enjoy a healthy, simple, and profitable business during a year when many speakers and messengers were wringing their hands and wishing for better days. Very quickly, you know that I've got a book, that I've been speaking up a lot about it, and I've created a healthy, simple, and profitable business. If you were looking for someone who was going to brag about how many zeros were behind their income or brag in other ways that are not aligned with the way you think, you're, you already know that I'm not one of those people because I'm not bragging. I'm just stating what I've intended to create and how I've intended, how I've created it. I then go on to say that since the pandemic hit, she's guided hundreds of speakers, experts, and authors en route to creating six-figure businesses to do the same so they're never hungry for an audience ever again. You notice I'm not telling you my resume. I'm not sharing all my education. I'm sharing the results that I bring about for my ideal clients so that they can decide if I am the one that they want. So I want you to consider what you can say. You know, How long have you been at this? How many clients have you touched and transformed through the years to create the impact that you're here to help? What sets you apart from everyone else that does something similar? And why is now the time for people to decide to do business with you? Those are some really good questions to answer as you think about refreshing your bio and making it more meaningful and more attractive and magnetic for the outstanding opportunities that you're looking for. And I think the most important thing about all of these bios that I'm talking about today is that if you believe and behave as if the most important person or opportunity is going to cross your path tomorrow, you will behave differently in the way that you show up. And so, so many of us want to get booked on a conference stage that's full of hundreds of people of our ideal audience that we get to keynote and share our brilliance and dance on the stage and be amazing. We, want, we have that dream. But if we're not ready to say yes to that invitation, we may not be able to walk through that door with as much grace and ease as we otherwise would wish for. So believe and behave as if these people are going to call you tomorrow. Have all your bios written and prepared so that when you get that call from National Public Radio or ABC or NBC or the most important influencer in your niche, you can say not only, yes, would I like to participate in that, but I'm ready and I can't wait to start. Here's everything I need. What else can I do to make this a brilliant experience for you and everyone else who gets to listen? Because when you are that well-prepared person who's ready to go to the show before the show even happens, guess what? You get to go to the show and create magic and focus more on the content you're delivering rather than being prepared for what it is that's coming next. So I'd love to be able to answer any questions you have about bios um, or speaker sheets or media one sheets or anything else that you wanna talk about. Any questions you have, big mistakes people make, that sort of thing. I'm more, I'm more than happy to answer any questions or, or, or uh, support you in any way. So thank you so much. We'll do it quick. So it's the two person here. I'll ask a question. And then if you have a question, put it into the uh, chat box and we'll go from there. 
um, sassy sound bites. Could you give us some more examples of sassy sound bites? Uh, sure. Um, I think it was you that once described me as Nancy's all of the help and none of the hype. The things that people say about you that are easily repeatable can be very, very powerful in persuading future people to want to do business with you. All of the help and none of the hype. Wow, that's awesome. So to that end, if you want to know what sassy sound bites can be for you, one of the best exercises that you can deploy is to ask your favorite clients what words come to mind when they think about you, the impact you make, and the results they welcomed. And you can even reach out to them by email and say, I'm working on my brand. I'm working on updating my messaging. We've had the privilege of working together for decades or weeks or months or years. What words come forth instantly that let you know that, that what comes to your mind instantly to describe the impact that happened as a result of the, what we got to do together? When you ask people that question, they're only too happy to reply. Sometimes they'll say, she's all the help and none of the hype. Sometimes they'll say she's a human exclamation point on steroids. And sometimes they'll say she takes the best and that you have to offer, cuts through the rest, and you look and sound like an expert just like that. People say these things about me. What do people say about you? If you can pull out their actual words that they speak and share them in a way that is conversational and true to the person who shared them, people will instantly understand the value that you bring. And that's what I think a sassy soundbite can be for, for everyone. And everyone should have, it's your story, tell it well. That's a good one. You can, you, it's like a, a way to sound off on a newscast. We're in touch, so you be in touch. Everybody's got something they say. What do you say? And can it be a signature for you, like an audio signature? That would be a sound, a sound bite. Another sound bite that I use a lot is, it's hard to sell a Rolex watch to a migrant farm worker. You know, if you're trying to sell premium offers, you can't sell them to somebody that has no discretion to buy. You can say that the way I said it the second time, but selling a Rolex watch to a migrant farm worker is, is very visceral and very descriptive. And you just might remember that. You just might even want to use it yourself. Nancy, I followed your advice. I had a client, well, a, a prospect. He actually was Mike. He was from Silicon Valley. And he had gone out and found five of the authors I'd worked with and interviewed all five about me and then called me up and said, okay, I'm going to hire you to do my book. I talked to five of your authors and I'm ready to go. I said, well, I'm curious, um, when you talked to the five authors, what did they say? And he said, they all said the same thing. You're honest. And I was a little proud of that. I thought, honest, that's a good rep. He said, yeah, one of them said, he told you his idea for the book and you said, well, nobody's gonna buy that book. <laughs> I said, yes, brutal honesty. Mark and some other people, they're working on the brutal part. And uh, we're, we're trying to keep the honest part. I'll never lie to you. You so, know, that's, a, that's very high praise. There you go. That's very high praise. <laughs> um, after one of our workshops uh, years ago, um, I did the exercise where I emailed 
must have been a dozen clients. And I was surprised answers came back. It wasn't what I expected. Um, the, the word that they all used was integrity. And I would never think to describe myself with that word. Um, but it would be great to ascribe it to somebody else says that. I think that had something to do with the brutal honesty too. It was, uh, it was just the flip side of the integrity. Um, but what is it for you, everybody on this call? What are they saying about you? Um, now, Nancy talked about getting other people to say something that you quote them. One of our authors, uh, Robin Ryan, um, got the LA Times to say, Robin Ryan is America's top career expert. They got that from Robin Ryan, by the way, but it was a lot better in her bio as a sassy soundbite when she could say, the LA Times says Robin Ryan is America's top career expert. That's brilliant. You know, sometimes we're waiting for someone else to give us the crown to wear. And you can self-describe yourself, but if you were quoted as that, go ahead and run with that. That's brilliant. Good for her. Our mutual friend, Dan Janelle, in his bio, he talks about what USA Today says about him and another credible, you know, what Forbes says about him. Um, those are great if you can have them. And as a podcast host, that cuts through a lot of clutter for me. That, that says that this person is in legitimate media, so he could do our podcast. Well, since you brought that up, you know, everyone has humble beginnings. And sometimes before you get to Forbes or the Wall Street Journal or Barron's or whatever media that matters most in your community for your niche, sometimes you're earning your stripes on mom talk radio or blog talk radio or some um, very obscure media outlet that nobody knows its name. And I say, go ahead and pick that low hanging fruit, especially in the beginning, because sometimes when the lights go on and the microphone is in front of your mouth or the reporter is standing in front of you with their reporter's pen and, and their pad, you may feel a little bit nervous. You may not have the presence to roll with every question with incredible grace and ease. And I would much rather you fumble along in obscure media to get confident about your message of delivery than to go to the Wall Street Journal and have that backfire on you because you weren't ready with clear, compelling talking points that would be contributing to a really brilliant, provocative, client-attracting story. I remember when you trained people to be Oprah ready. And the idea is everybody wanted to go on Oprah you had to break the hard news to them that you're not ready for Oprah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of honest talk too. About that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, how would you describe Nancy? Oh, she's honest. You know, I call it, um, you know, yeah, I'm honest. I'm generous. I'm straightforward. I'll say that dog won't hunt. I think that was a dog. What was his name? Phil McGraw said that that dog won't hunt. Like sometimes people get this obscure idea that this thing is that they are going to talk about is going to take them around the world. And sometimes you just have to say, I don't think that's going to work. And here's why. So what is it to be Oprah ready? You know, 
I'm a woman, you know, women and their weight, it's always a constant battle. And so someone has this size four suit in their closet that they've been waiting to wear to go to Oprah, even though they haven't seen a size four in maybe 20 years. <laughs> Oprah may be calling you tomorrow. So you've got to have something in your closet that's flattering to your shape, that's a good color for your skin tone that you can look great in, regardless of what the scale said that morning. Have clothes in your closet that you can wear on camera or on stage that do the best you can with what God gave you to work with. Have your bio written in the third person ready to go. Have your interview questions prepared just in case the host would appreciate being offered those questions to help shape the message. Be clear what you want people to do as a direct result of having had the occasion to hear from you during that show so that you can actually be in a good position to monetize. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make when they go on the show is that they just want the notoriety, but think about what they're gonna do with the notoriety as far as whether or not it's gonna pay off for them where it really counts. I'll give you an example. I mean, have you ever had that dream that you're gonna be on Oprah or you're gonna be on the Dr. Phil show or you're gonna be on Dr. Oz, or you're gonna be on one of these national shows? Be on the show for a reason that's relevant and congruent to the business that you're in. I'll never forget this woman. She had really kinky hair. And there was a media query from helpareporter.com. And, and you can go there, helpareporter.com, and you can find all kinds of media queries that are looking for experts just like you. And you can respond to them as a way to get in, featured in these major media. So Dr. Phil's show was looking for someone who was willing to say that she was discriminated against in the workplace because of some kind of differentiating feature on their face or body that made them unemployable. So this woman who had really kinky hair wrote in and said, I was discriminated against because they wouldn't hire me because I had really kinky hair. She got all caught up with the idea that they were going to fly her to Los Angeles and put her up in a hotel and put her on national television to talk about this unfortunate incident that was really too bad in every possible way. And it had absolutely nothing to do with the horse business that she was running, where she was healing people from their trauma through the power of um, horse equine therapy. She was bragging about being on the show, but it had nothing to do with the business she was in. So make sure your audience and message are a match and you are procuring the right opportunity to speak up on the right media so you can talk about something that has a prayer of bringing people back to your front door to have a consultation, uh, start do business with you, pay you money to buy your book, invite you to speak on their stage. Don't, don't talk about your kinky hair if, it's not, if you're not a hairdresser. That would be my point. There's, There's a sound, a sound bite, bite in there. Don't talk about your kinky <laughs> hair unless you're a hairdresser. Okay. Um, so something that Nancy inspired me to do, this is a, a notebook. It'll look familiar to Mark. Um, but this is, this is my, uh, I created my own franchise manual for the business. <laughs> so these are my instructions. And I have here the world according to Henry. 50 sound bites. So I, I thought about it. I spent time. Um, I want to hear some this of those. Is plagiar okay. Uh, most <laughs> business book authors write a long book because they don't have time to write a short one. Okay. That's a playoff of uh, the Pascal quote about philosopher uh, Pascal, 
who wrote, um, I wrote you a long letter because I didn't have time to write you a short one. Um, and then some people attributed that to Thomas Jefferson or Mark Twain or Dorothy Parker. It's, it's, had, it's had different parents throughout the internet. Oh, don't believe every quote you read on the internet. But I was tweaking it. Um, Do you have one in there about chicken? <laughs> I love the stories that you tell about chicken. <laughs> there's a lot that goes into chicken. They, they made me get a chicken prop. Um, yeah, the chicken story kills. Mark has always said like, you got to include the chicken story. Uh, I want to be in there more often. Um, sometimes I just went and uh, if I don't have something to say on Facebook, or LinkedIn, I just take one of these and post them. Um, if you write a business book, write a great one. The road to hell is paved with good business books. Um, start writing no matter what. Perfection is the enemy of done. Um, writing is a team sport. No great book was ever written alone. So here's one of my favorites. People always wink and grin when I share this one. You know, when you were dating, you would, uh, you would be out there dating. Some, some people are transactional about their dating. They're going to hit it and quit it and get on with it, right? I'm a believer in the long-term relationship. And so when I say, are you one of those hit it and quit it, get on with it people? Or are you someone who's looking to nurture a long-term relationship? So every time I say that, everybody grins and winks because nobody expects me to talk like that. But it's memorable and people get the point, which is, Wherever it is that you're sharing your message, people should get some of your personality so that they either they're winking and grinning or they're leaning in and saying, you're the kind of person that I'm looking for to solve this problem. And if you don't put your personality out there and you don't have a sassy soundbite or two or three that make the point in a memorable way, you miss a huge opportunity to connect in a way that's uncommon and preferred. Sometimes it can backfire. So, <laughs> um, tell us more. There's a story, yeah, a story about um, Tom Searcy, somebody who I've written for. We co authored the Warren Buffett book. But when he first contacted me about ghostwriting, um, he told me about the biggest mistake he made in writing. He had a bestseller uh, with a co author, the book was Whale Hunting. And it was a big success, but he signed a 50-50 equal partnership deal on that book. And he had a falling out with the co-author and then she blocked him from using the title of that book in any of his marketing for his new programs and for anything he was doing. <laughs> and as I'm taking this call on speakerphone, my college uh, son, Jordan, who works in the business, was listening in. And he said, Tom, that was very Moby Dickish of her. <laughs> my, my wife said, you, you, you have to stop. You, you can't joke with prospects like this. <laughs> and I said, why not? And she goes, they might not want to hire you. I said, oh, if that would cause them to not want to hire me, they're not going to like working with us because it's going to be more of the same. Well, speaking uh, but I have to, I had to cut out HR made me cut out things like 
with job prospects saying, uh, well, let's start dancing and see if romance develops. Oh, they didn't like it. They didn't like that. Well, especially if it was a female. Right. Yeah, so like, okay. We had somebody, um, well, I won't mention the author, but uh, one author wanted to thank me in the acknowledgments for being such a taskmaster and slave driver. And we said, yeah, you know, some people would find slave driver a little offensive. Yes. People aren't thinking about that or things like, you know, I was sold down the river or things like that. So we actually have to be a little careful with our sassy sound bites uh, to make sure that a large group of the population wouldn't find it insensitive. Yes, that's an excellent point. So I couldn't agree more on there. Um, Chris has a question. Um, what is the difference between a podcast bio, a speaker's bio, and a consultant bio? Excellent question. A consultant bio is one that presupposes that a client is going to want to do business with you as a result of reading it. I think a consultant bio is, is a client attracting bio. You're trying to attract a client to engage you to do consulting. So those bios are going to showcase, you'll want to drop the names of major clients that you've worked with for credibility, big results that you've accomplished on behalf of those clients, and why, um, what qualifies you as someone who can take on a scope of work of that magnitude and why. A speaker's bio is different because the outcome there is that some meeting planner or conference is going to hire you to speak on that topic on their stage. And that presupposes that it's not a paid, it's not a free speaking gig, it's a paid speaking gig. I want you to showcase the topic that you want to talk about, the three takeaway points that the audience is going to welcome as a result of you gracing the stage. If you have two or three comments or quotes from people who've heard you speak that speak the wow that you brought to the platform and how memorable and remarkable you were and what a pleasure you were to work with, those are good things to put in a speaker's bio. And of course, in a speaker's bio, you want to have a reference to how they can book you or how they can book a call or how they can um, go to your website to find out your fee schedule or whatever the case may be. Um, with a podcast bio, for the most part, most podcast bios are all about inviting a conversation you're going to have with a host. You're not going to be paid to be on a podcast. You're going to be invited to be on us because you have something to talk about that's interesting to that host and the audience that they serve. So with regard to a podcast bio, you're going to want to suggest three way, three kinds of things you can talk about that would be hot timely, relevant, interesting, trend-worthy, provocative, why you love to talk about this. Here again, if you've had other podcast hosts say what a great guest you are, you can include some testimonials. Um, but the, the difference is sort of commerce. A podcast conversation is not an invitation to exchange dollars. It's an exchange to, opportunity to exchange conversation. A speaker bio is hopefully gonna get you booked on a stage. And a consultant bio hopefully is going to establish your credibility with a future client so that they feel comfortable 
taking the next step towards hiring you. And I'm more, most welcome to hear what Mark or Henry would have to say, because I know you're both very prolific speakers. You may have additional things to say about that. I'll take it first. And Mark, if you'd like to add, I'll, I'll pass the talking stick to you. First thing to your point, if you're a consultant and you want consulting clients, use the formula in Mark's book that Kathy and McAfee and I helped him with, Defining You. The defining paragraph, um, seven questions. And if you hear Mark, actually there are seven answers that you, eight, I'm sorry, eight. There's a new one added that you should hear about. And that helps attract a client for consulting. Um, being a journalist with Forbes.com and have done this for years, uh, let me tell you that podcast is about being interesting. Is, are you gonna be interesting to my audience? And are people who are gonna listen, recommend the podcast to others? That's what I want. I want more podcast listeners because that's what I'm about. Now, a speaker's bio, and on my website, Persuade with a Story, I followed Nancy's example of, I have a 25 word bio, a 50 word bio, you know, and on up because size matters. But those bios are about, will this speaker attract audience? Can I advertise this speaker and people go, yeah. So what they want is paid people at their conference. One of the ways they get it is these bios of fascinating people. And if we're not a celebrity, I don't see any celebrities on this call. If we're not a celebrity, maybe in our own mind, Joe, if we're not a celebrity, then we need to be the next best thing. Somebody who is interesting and has something important to say. But I'm not the past president of the National Speakers Association and I haven't trained a thousand speakers. Mark LeBlanc has done that. Mark? Hey, thank you, uh, Henry and Nancy. It's always a pleasure to be in your audience. I just think you are so amazing. Um, and, you know, while I'm proud of the work uh, that we did uh, with defining you and helping people develop a defining statement and a defining paragraph and a defining story, what you bring to the table just amps everything up. And um, your bye-bye boring uh, bio manual is uh, second to none. So I just, I just wanna thank you for acknowledge you and thank you for the good work that you are called and compelled to do. And you do it in just such a delightful way. Um, you know, I, I've always been a fan of Barry, um, as you pointed out and Henry uh, amplified, very specific tools for specific profit centers. Even my website, just my philosophy has always been just because a website can do everything doesn't necessarily mean it should do everything. And likewise with the bio, I think we need to make sure that we have a bio that represents us in terms of our primary profit center, in my case, a speaker, and then a uh, secondary uh, profit center as a business coach. Those are two separate areas of expertise and skill sets. And so um, we should have multiple bios. And then of course, as Henry pointed out, the podcast bio and um, you're the queen, you're, you're the bomb. 
Well, uh, Mark, I got to say, you have made my year and it's only January 18th. <laughs> that is very pleased. I'm really honored. Thank you. I have one other thing I want to say that hopefully can like relieve a lot of anxiety for people. Maybe you know someone who has spent a week or two or six trying to get their bio right. Your bio is going to be a living document that's going to change as you evolve and grow. So if I had a piece of advice, it would be write a 100 verse, write a 50 word version and a 100 word version. And don't worry about anything longer because those short bios get more exercise than any other tool in the shed. 50 words of brilliance, 100 words of brilliance, get on with it and get out there and start talking about it, start doing it. Because the people that spend time working on their manifesto of everything they've ever done in their life, it's more about them than what it is that they're trying to accomplish. Less is more. 50 words, 100 words, and let's get on with the show. Nancy, I got contacted last year by my hometown newspaper, and they wanted to run my bio past me. And it was 200 words. And as I was reading it, I thought, oh, this is not my bio, it's my obituary. They're <laughs> <laughs> just getting prepared. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks for uh, chiming in. And Nancy, thank you so much. Thanks to everybody on the podcast today. Uh, a lot of great information. It's We should revisit our bios more often than we change those batteries and the smoke detectors. Let's, let's leave with that. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you on the next episode of Marketing with a Book. <laughs>